Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan, who is back from vacation. Ryan, welcome! I'm back. Uh, not as, like, as you said, not as always. I wasn't here Man, last week. Man, I had so much energy. I was like, welcome back! And you're like, hello. Hi, yes. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, if you go listen to the Dungeons & Diapers podcast, you'll find out that a vacation is not always what it seems it was a it was a oh we talked a bit pre-show about it but like the kids had a lot of fun we stayed at a cottage and uh i had a lot of fun as well but uh not a lot of relaxing to be done and the kids have been getting up at 5 30 and again this has been an ongoing issue for the last month um and i tried to fix it and i think i think we found the solution on vacation was just literally teach them how to turn netflix on and um (laughs) You know, it was nice at the cottage because it felt like felt like that was good parenting because it was vacation. It's like, hey, guess what, guys? On vacation, you can watch TV so mommy and daddy can sleep until Isabel wakes up. And uh, but I feel like I can't do that <laughs> now, so I just have to get up at uh, five. Just make sure it's like educational or the kid filters on or whatever. Yeah. No, the it's thing just is, Paw Patrol. They watch Paw Patrol for a couple hours. It'll be fine. It, 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 I watched TV when I was a kid. I don't know if it was five thirty, but I definitely remember cartoons before the bus came. So, yeah, and we're fine. Yeah, I remember I mean, getting on the bus and talking about what happened on Power Rangers that morning. So, I mean, yeah, when we're Car- fine. <laughs> when Care Bears came on, you knew it was time to go get the bus. Like, oh, Power yeah. Rangers is over. Care Bears is on. It's time to go get the bus. I'm gonna be late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I didn't. I, you know, Care Bears. It's okay, but I, I would rather go get the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, so you're still a little bit tired, but were you at least able to be kept awake by the E3 shenanigans this weekend? Uh, for most of them. I mean, it's funny. Uh, I know on your show with Scott last week, you talked about Summer Games Fest, and we don't, we don't have it in yes. our notes here, but um. That was the only one that I watched. It was the first one, kind of kicked everything off. It was the only one I watched, um, sort of like plan to watch, sit down, I'm going to do this. And it was two hours and it really just, it didn't, it didn't hit me. So like, I didn't watch any of the other ones because they all fell in during the day when I'm, um, you know, hanging out with the kids, hanging out with the family, because that's what everybody's doing now, because we're all stuck inside still. Um, And... I couldn't, I, I did it so with Summer Games Fest, like Caden and I watched, because he loves video games, and he loves watching trailers and stuff for video games, so I'd like have to throw the blanket over his head anytime like some, you know, Call of Duty sort of thing came on, and I'm like, I can't do this for every one of these, and uh, so, you know, Ubisoft, Xbox, Square Enix, I did not watch, but Nintendo, I needed to see live, because I love Nintendo stuff. And it was pretty safe. Safe bet that that was going to be fine. I wasn't going to have to like... Yeah, Nintendo is probably safe for kids. <laughs> yeah. So it worked out. Uh, there was some screaming children in the background for Nintendo. But uh, for the most part, it, it was a, it was an enjoyable experience. But um, yeah, uh, I'm excited for E3 to be back, sort of, in the sense that we're getting a bunch of news all at once, <laughs> really quickly. So... That's yeah, and I kind of wanted to because I've seen this idea kind of floating around the internet of like, do we do we still like E3? Because th- it very much seems like every single presentation is like, we're gonna dump a trailer on you, but we're not gonna deep dive into anything. 
So do you kind of prefer this like of everything a company has to offer in an in like an hour or would you prefer them to, you know, maybe take half an hour, 45 minutes every once in a while and be like, hey, we're announcing Outer Worlds 2. Here's the trailer. This is what the gameplay is going to be like. This is how it's going to differ from the previous game. And here, let's talk to the head writer. Like, do you want those like every once in a while deep dive announcement style, I guess, presentations? Or would you rather have these like E3 Bam, here's a game. Here's another game. Here's another game. Woo! Like what format do you would you as a consumer prefer? I I think it's as someone who uh as both a consumer and someone who does a video game podcast, I really like sort of the quick fire. Here's what we got going on. And and don't overstay yourself. Like I think what um Xbox has done and what Nintendo's done is that they've they've got this presentation cut down to a very specific cadence of announcements and uh nintendo did a great job where they had you know they they, they've got the direct format down where they are doing you know here's an announcement 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 and then they do the treehouse live afterwards so you can like you can watch the segment on their new metro game if you want or you can catch just that segment you don't have to stick around for the four hours that they're going to be live and Mm -hmm. I think, you know, where you see the padding kind of come in with, you know, Square Enix and Ubisoft as well, where they kind of take specific dives into games. And I think that's where the EA side of things always, EA hasn't done theirs for E3, but this year, but what they've done there is they would try to mix it where you have like the announcement, 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 but then like, let's take 15 minutes to talk about soccer. Um, but, or what we call, (laughs) they call it FIFA, I guess, or football. I don't think they call it soccer on the game box, but, uh, wow, that whole sentence just made me sound really old and out of touch, but, um, sports games. It's just one of those things where I think I, (laughs) I I prefer the, the quick fire because then you're, you keep the audience engaged and, and then if someone sees something that they really like, they can go to their IGN of the world or whatever, and and or YouTube, and deep dive on that specific title. They give you they give you the choice. Um, so yeah, I. But do we want it all at once? You know, this has been the most concentrated amount of news we've had in a long time. Um, and uh, and this is by no means not everybody. Like I said, EA and and Sony aren't around for this this E three return. But yeah, I do like all the announcements all at once because it f- kind of feels like you know, Christmas for video games, you know, you're getting all these announcements. You're not getting the games, but you're getting the announcements, which is nice. All right. Well, let's get into it then so that our uh, our fans don't lose interest since we're not rapid firing through enough <laughs> or, or through quickly enough. So uh, let's talk about Ubisoft first, because um, I know you're you're excited about one of the things. I'm excited about one of the things. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Mario and Rabbids because uh, it's it was never a title that hooked me, but I know you played a lot of it. Yeah, I really loved Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle and the DLC. I did not get a chance to finish it because uh, it launched. I remember getting the game. It had shipped and uh, it was a physical copy. And it was at home uh, and and Abigail had just been born. So I was like, I think I was going to get oh food. God. Yeah. I was going to get food. And on the way out to get food, I dropped by the house just to pick up the game because no one was home. 
um Caden was somewhere else and uh and I was like well I don't want this game just hanging around so I I it came at a time where I just didn't have a lot of like free time and then by the time I got around to it there was probably a bunch of other stuff but uh I really dig this mixture of Mario and the Rabbids sort of universe and the fact that we're getting uh a follow-up was was for sure going to happen because it was just it was such a, a phenomenal hit yeah it seemed to be very successful uh but sparks of hope looks great is it like so it's a new story in the same universe like a, a full-on standalone like follow-up title yeah so it's a, a follow-up title it's a sequel um and you're getting basically they're kind of expanding and going sort of galactic so they're really pulling a lot from like uh, Mario Galaxy, you're getting a Rosalina Rabbit, uh, who <laughs> who looks really cool. Um, and they're kind of, I think they're moving um, a little bit into their own universe as well, because you're seeing some, some Rabbit characters that are very specific to this Mario plus Rabbids um, universe. They're unique to that universe, as opposed to being, you know, um, more Mario or more Rabbids. They're just, it, it's, it's this new character. Um, and it just, it looks like it's going to have the same great charm and they're really, um, they're upping the ante in terms of, uh, the gameplay. So as opposed to being like a grid based combat, you have real time movement when it's your turn and it's sort of, uh, your movement, uh, distance is sort of signified by like a, like an aerial sort of a, a radius being displayed on the map. So it looks like you have more control over your characters and the movements and stuff. And it just looks more fluid. And that first game already had great sort of maneuvering and gameplay and whatnot. So I'm excited for this. It's uh, early. It's looking like they're they're saying 2022, but I could see it being like an, uh, a first six months sort of release because um, the last one was a summer release and uh, they've been working on it for a while. So I wouldn't be surprised to see this like, you know, March, April, maybe mm. springtime. That's great. I mean, I I didn't get to play. Well, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't really my jam. I know uh, Matt played quite a lot of it, so I kind of like watched from the sidelines, sort of thing. But uh, I'm sure there's probably a lot of people that are really excited about this, and and it's nice to see that they're that they're not like stuck in their in their ways. I guess like that they're that they are making some control updates, even though uh, the original version was really fun to play and and was fairly good mechanically that they're still looking to iterate on that. So, yeah, we'll have to see uh, see what that's like when we get a little bit closer. Uh, We're also getting some Assassin's Creed Valhalla DLC. We're going to be heading to Paris, and I'm very excited about that. So uh, going from raiding England down to raiding in France. And uh, yeah, I'm I just love that game. So, I mean, I'm going to play whatever DLC they put out for it. And like, I mean, it's going to be more Assassin's Creed. It's going to be more Valhalla. I'm going to get more time with my character. I'm down for this. So, I mean, I don't even really know what else to say about that. But uh, they also announced at Ubisoft uh, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Uh, Yay, nay, thumbs up, thumbs down. How are we feeling about this one? Uh, You know, it's funny that if if Avatar wasn't getting like six more sequels, um, I'd be like, why are they making a game? so long after that original release and like i i don't know if i'm excited about ubisoft sort of like using a new ip on their sort of their 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 format for open world games um avatar was kind of one of those things to me like felt like 
you had a big movie. It did super duper well, but uh, making a big budget game before these sequels sort of come out and prove themselves, like I almost think like you're kind of uh, ahead of yourself. Cart before the horse. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But that being said, like the gameplay looked really cool, but I just, I don't know if I was really into that world. Uh, like, I don't know if I want to interact with that world. The movie was fine and I liked the movie and I'm looking forward to seeing what the sequels are. I think I'm cut. Yeah, I think I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, the movie was okay. I thought that the plot was very much, like, Fern Gully, but newer. And, like, live action. <laughs> and, I don't know, it just, it, it was very, um, very okay. <laughs> Not something I went out of my way to see again. In fact, I think I've only seen it once. Um, so, I mean, I like you say, I'm not... On the Avatar bandwagon, if that wagon still has wheels and is moving forward, like, it, you're right, it's been a very long time. So this isn't the kind of thing that I saw and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. Like, no, it, it might be OK. I probably won't play it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm i curious to I see. I feel like such a downer saying stuff like that. <laughs> no, no, you were excited about Valhalla DLC. And I mean... You know, uh, I I think when you look at Valhalla, it's been such a huge success for Ubisoft. It's going to be interesting to see them apply, continue to apply this 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 open world formula to new IPs because really they've kind of just have Far Cry and um, Far Cry, Assassin's Creed, and and newly so um, the Division. But Avatar sort of presents this whole, literally this whole new world that they can play with that's different from all those other ones. And I think that's where there is a bit of like curiosity there. It's like, okay, what what can they do with this world? Because really what they chose to spotlight on in this trailer was more so the world um, of Pandora, not necessarily uh, the humans invading it, right? There was some mechs, there were some people walking around, but for the most part, it was focused on the, the flora and fauna of Pandora and, and you running around as the, is it the Navi? Is that right? Is that what they are? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Again, it's been or a at while. Least that sounds very, very familiar, but <laughs> yeah, it's such a long, like that movie. It was, it was a big deal when it came out. Like it was a 3d, uh, like theaters, like got new setups just for it. And I know Ubisoft has been trying to make an avatar game for a long time. Um, so it's good to see them sort of branching out from their, you know, Assassin's Creed's and, and Tom Clancy games. Um, so I, I hope this does well for them and I hope it encourages them to kind of like try, try new, try new things, like try new IPs. Like this is a big deal if this game pans out. So let's talk about the Xbox and Bethesda conference, which if the internet and Twitter is to be believed, uh, one E3. Yeah. Like every, everyone was just like, this is how you do it. This was a great presentation. Uh Lots of, of really kind of interesting games. And there was kind of one theme throughout that I think overall the internet was really happy about. And that was play it day one with Game Pass. Like they were all over this presentation with like Game Pass, Game Pass, Game Pass, free, 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 go, go, go. And uh, it won over a lot of people, I think. Um, they had a really strong outing. There were a lot of announcements that I saw, like, posted and reposted, as opposed to, like, most of the other presentations kind of flew under my radar in terms of their social media impact. Like, there were definitely 
games that people were excited about, but um, Xbox and Bethesda, like you could not get away from it. Like people were stoked. So what was, what do you think was the highlight for you of the Xbox and Bethesda conference? Oh, um, <laughs> I've listed so much here. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I didn't mean to like put you on too much of a, of like a, a oh, no. oh God, I'm losing my words. This is your job. This is your <laughs> job as, you on the spot. <laughs> as host. And it's also my job as co-host to be able to respond to said host when asking a question that is super sim- simple question when you're doing a video game podcast. I think that uh, play at day one with Xbox Game Pass being like the line after every trailer. I think there was maybe one, there was like one or two trailers uh, that that couldn't or did not end with the Game Pass sort of uh, spiel. And those were the, to be expected. I think Battlefield had it, although you'll be able to play the trial um, with Game Pass. But I think like the big takeaway from Xbox and Bethesda, you know, they, they build this as Xbox and Bethesda. And there's a point, there's a reason for that. I think they really showed their investment in Bethesda as, as going to be paying off um, in, in the years to come by saying like, yeah, Starfield is exclusive to the Xbox and PC. It's not coming to the PlayStation. Um, that's a big deal. And it sets a precedent mm-hmm. for all Bethesda games coming out yeah, kind of their properties going forward. Yeah it, yeah, it very much was like, if it already exists, we're going to continue to support it in other places. But guess what? The things that we're currently making are going to be on Xbox, like, yeah, exclusively, and, like, which makes sense. I mean, they bought the studio. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we talked about this when it got announced. You don't spend $8 billion to maybe make some money from, from competitors' platforms. Like you do it so people buy your platform, they subscribe to Game Pass. Yeah. And like, you know, uh, PlayStation players who solely own the PlayStation platform aren't going to be playing The Outer Worlds 2. And that was announced. That was a bit of a surprise announcement so soon after the first one. The first one only came out like two years ago. Yeah, and I've got to say that announcement trailer is basically like honest trailers on steroids. Like it was so good. It was yeah. so funny. <laughs> it was really good and totally super honest. And I think when it, it fits the humor of that game so well. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, The Outer Worlds 2 is really exciting. I'm excited to see what starfield is like it was just a cg trailer but it but it gave us a kind of a a a look at the feel of the game um confirmed release date of november of next year uh which is which again feels crazy soon yeah i was gonna say that feels kind of about right given the scale that we know that bethesda you know likes to make their games and then based on when they first announced it with basically like nothing (laughs) (laughs) you know and yeah, with a logo. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the fact that they're um, the scale that they like to work at, I'm not surprised that we're looking at a year and a half out still. That makes a lot of sense to me. It's kind of when I would have expected it. So, I mean, I, I think it's it's really interesting. I know a lot of people were, um, I guess, a little bit disappointed that we didn't get more information about Elder Scrolls 6, but I think that they've also been very clear that they're not working on that actively until Starfield is finished. So, you know, it's very much like a, a background project for the time being, and, and it's all hands on deck to get Starfield out in a reasonable amount of time, and then they'll be shifting focus. And I think um, 
to to those people who are maybe disappointed, I mean, we literally just had an episode last week about ESO, and I think that there's definitely a way to play that game to get your Elder Scrolls fixed, because a lot of people have been saying, oh, there's been no Elder Scrolls content since Skyrim. I'm like, yeah, there has been, and it's actually phenomenal. So um, maybe just forget that it's an MMO and just go in there and have some fun, because the combat's really good. The stories are really interesting, like we talked about last week. And I'm not going to, if you guys haven't listened to it yet or whatever, like I'm not going to rehash everything we talked about. But there is really good current, new, never seen before Elder Scrolls content being made. You just have to go play the MMO and you don't even have to pay for it. <laughs> well, you have to pay for the base game, but you don't have to pay a subscription. ESO Plus is optional so you can just go and go and experience that content if that's what you're looking for is an elder scrolls world and story that exists right now <laughs> so uh, and they're still they're doing their annual expansion thing right so there is still elder scrolls content to be had uh it's just not a, a kind of standalone single player game like we're used to in that franchise so I think uh, we'll probably be hearing more information about that. I would guess like E3 next year, like when Starfield is getting into that, like final stages, we know it's going to come in holiday next year. Then I think they'll have like, hey, OK, we're moving into Elder Scrolls six. And this is what we're thinking. This is the game world. Like, you know, our writers have finished writing Starfield. Now they've written ESO six or ES, uh, Elder Scrolls six. This is what that is <laughs> like. And we'll start to get those kind of like story pieces and some more cinematics and things like that. Yeah. And and there were, you know, speaking of Elder Scrolls six, there were a lot of Xbox and Bethesda projects that we have seen that have been announced that weren't in the showcase. And I think this can be said for um, every one of these press conferences we're going to talk about tonight. The focus really was on sort of. 2021 and um the near future there were a couple of like long shots like outer worlds 2 that's probably two or three years away um i think avatar was even 2022 but they really focused in on like what they can confirm for the the next year and a half and uh it kind of seemed yeah. like what they could confirm period it's like mm -hmm. if we have a very solid release window we're confident we can hit in the next year we're gonna tell you about it otherwise hints and teases and maybe nothing like <laughs> yeah or like follow-up interviews <laughs> yeah there were even people uh like like game developers on friday before uh e3 started literally coming out and saying like hey just so you know we're not going to be a part of e3 tomorrow don't expect to see us in like insert presentation name here we don't really have anything to share at this time we're not releasing in the next eight to 12 months so you know like don't get mad <laughs> like manage your expectations crazy reddit <laughs> yeah people um people and, and we're totally guilty of this uh i think we oh a hundred percent i can't even remember if we ever talked about the fallout from the the uh, horizon zero dawn announcement but oh man i was so sad <laughs> we talked a little bit about it uh, i think we did yeah but, there, but there's a lot here that um you know uh it's one of those things where it's about managing expectations. And there was a bit of talk about this in the discord about, you know, things being announced and people being excited. Like you can be excited about something. You just have to manage your expectations. Like it's, it's fine to be excited about E3, but you can't go in. Like you can be like, Oh, I'm looking forward to like specifically here. um, looking at uh, Xbox. 
which we're talking about still, uh, I was looking forward. I'm like, <laughs> I can't wait to see more Fable because we got an, an, a, mm. a, a trailer, a teaser trailer, an announcement trailer last year. So surely yes. they're going to talk, not even a peep. And again, yeah. like, I didn't lose sleep over that. I was like, oh, well, clearly they're not ready yet. And they're going to, you know, they're going to show us more next year or, or the year after. And it makes sense because the team that are building it, um, the studio, their other team is is building Forza Horizon 5. And it's, it's all about these these at these conferences, like saying, like, look, we're not going to, like, show a big splash screen, like, confirm the location for Elder Scrolls um, 6 because we want Starfield to have it's time in in the sort of the the limelight in the spotlight yeah yeah and with forza horizon 5 it's the same thing like you know uh playground games is going to be talking about forza horizon 5 which is coming out in november so fable will get its time because it's not due for another couple years and i think that's totally fine and i think once you kind of understand what what these publishers are doing like it's it makes a lot more sense like oh they're not going to talk about fire emblem uh, you know, new Fire Emblem stuff that maybe is a few years out because they've got another JRPG that they're focusing on that's coming out this year. And mm-hmm. it's all about sort of a balancing act. And yeah, would it be great if this was the movie industry where like Marvel movies, like we know what's coming out for the next five years from Marvel when it comes to the MCU. But video games are different. Like they're either announced way too soon or you don't hear about them until they've been working on them for five years and they're out in six months, right? It's such a weird industry. Um, very secretive. <laughs> well, and I think some of those things make it difficult to manage expectations because often when we get the first look at a game and then it's going to be out sometime in the next six to eight months, we're like, oh my God, that's amazing. Mm. And then they go to the next game and then it's like we get the same amount of information, but it's like it may never come out. And it's like it's really hard for us as outsiders to like look at that information and be like, hey, this is what a game development cycle looks like. Like we have no frame of reference to know if a game's gonna take two years or six years or ten years or why are they even telling us about it? Because it's not gonna come out until 2060. Like <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that, that that can make things a little bit difficult is we see some titles get announced and have a release window within the next year, and it's like oh, wow, okay, they can get stuff out quickly. And then we get things like a teaser trailer for something like Fable, and then we don't hear about it for three years. And it's like, well, what the heck is going on? Why did you tell us about it back then? Like, it's hard to know, like, what the development cycle is going to look like. And, like, I know that studios don't ever necessarily want to restrict their development time in any way. Like if you're like, okay, we're going to make a fable game or we're going to make Starfield or we're going to make Elder Scrolls or whatever, like something that is a big AAA title, they don't want to say coming 2025, even though it's way far out, it still like sets an end for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Which may be realistic. Maybe it's not. You never know what you're going to run into. Like, I don't know, a global pandemic. Like, obviously, not every year is 2020, but, you know, like there's you never know what kind of wrenches are going to be thrown into your plan. So you don't necessarily want to disappoint people, but there's got to be some sort of balance between like 
when you tell us stuff versus when things are going to come out to to help set expectations. Because, I mean, our expectations are all over the place at this point. We don't know what to think. <laughs> That's a really good point, though. I mean, video games have never been really that great at saying, here's a trailer for, you know, let's we can use Outer Worlds 2 as an example. Here's a trailer for Outer Worlds 2. A very brutally honest trailer of like, you know, we're not even going to show the face of the main character because the game designers haven't even finished the design yet. It's not yet. done yet. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> there was no date for that. It was just sort of like it, it's being worked on. But you could imagine yeah. in if they had to tell us the date, it'd be like, yeah, we're targeting 2024. That sounds like forever from now. Like even titles saying yeah. 2022. It's like, wow, that's more than a year away. <laughs> you know, I feel like part of me hasn't accepted that we're in 2021 yet. And I realize we're halfway through June of 2021. But yeah. like, it's like in my head, we're still in 2019. It's like in the, just everything in the past 18 months just hasn't registered as a thing that has happened to me. Yeah. I, <laughs> so when I see 2022, I'm like, oh, man, that's like three years away. And it's like, no, it's six months away. Jocelyn, get on board. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's a weird thing. And I mean, you know, it was surprising that games got released at all last year. And it could be said like, oh, well, that was just games that were ready to go. And they just kind of pushed them past the finish line. But then you look at and and that's not true at all. I want to give credit where it's due. Like a lot of these developers have come together and and were able to craft a product in a in a, a year that has not we have not unprecedented situation i didn't want to use the words but yes uh. i know i know but it's the kind of thing where it's like you know you've heard it a billion times now but that doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong it's not wrong (laughs) you're right it was it was kind of an unprecedented situation they've never had to create video games in a global pandemic like the last one that we had was the spanish flu and whatever that was 1918 or whatever i think that was the year they launched literally 100 years ago like Right? <laughs> like, there were not the internet and video games at that point in time. So, you know, there really hasn't been a year like 2020 in the, you know, in the time where we've been building video games. So the fact that they were able to navigate that is definitely commendable. Yeah. And on that note, it's it's even, it's it's still crazy to me that we're seeing games that are going to be coming out this year. Games that have, yeah. that have seen like a solid year of development before hitting gold and and they are and these developers are are putting these products together and they're going to ship this year even next year like things coming out early 2022 it's it's amazing what we we've been able to accomplish um you know during the pandemic and uh but you do see the the other side of it where you know without sony there and other companies like um capcom uh, Namco Bandai, they had presentations, but we're not going to talk about them tonight because they really didn't announce anything that kind of was of interest for for us. I mean, there was some interesting stuff, but like, it's just one of those things where um, it's not a typical year. In a typical year, we yeah. would probably be talking about a lot more companies and a lot more games. Um, but still, it's impressive to be able to talk about this stuff, considering what the developers had to work through. So... Um, yeah. But yeah. So let's Xbox, get back yeah. to talking about the stuff that we did hear about. So we've already talked about Starfield. I know you're super stoked on Halo still. Um, we did mention Forza a little bit. I'm still not a racing game person unless it's Mario Kart, but I know a lot of people seemed very excited about this. Um, mm. Apparently, it. Well, I mean, not apparently. 
they do an amazing job of making these games look like a movie. Yeah. <laughs> like they are hyper ultra mega realistic. So, I mean, it it looked it looked really good. It's just it's never going to be my jam, but I know like well, for instance, like my co-host over an angry chicken like has a whole like racing simulator setup. <laughs> like he's way into it. So, yeah. I mean, I know this appeals to some and uh, I'm very excited for all of you Forza racers out there. <laughs> It's a it's a game that is um, racing games have always been ones that's like, oh, like we got to load it on our next gen system because it's really going to show it. And Forza Horizon 5, it's going to be set in Mexico and they are targeting a 4K 60 frames per second mode and it looks amazing. And I'm not really a racing person either. I'm I'm with you on the Mario Kart side of the genre. But um, Horizon <laughs> is sort of like There's Mario gonna Kart. There's going to be so many people mad at us being sure. like, Mario Kart is not in the same genre as Forza. God damn it. <laughs> it is. It's racing. And um, just because Forza Horizon doesn't have a blue shell doesn't mean it, it shouldn't. It should have a blue shell, really. Because I'm always in last and I need a way to get to first. Um, so, no, Forza Horizon, I think, is one of those games that is near the Mario Kart side of things where it's a little more arcadey. It's my kind of style because it's very much, um, it's like an open world, but it's it's arcade racing where you're not like, make sure you follow the line because if you don't and you hit the wall, you're screwed, right? There's a reason a lot of these racing games have invented the rewind button. I don't know if you've played some of these simulation racing games, uh, specifically uh, some of the Forza games. They put a, a rewind button in there f- for people like me who are always hitting the walls. <laughs> and other cars you know so i i'm looking forward to forza uh there was you know my favorite thing about the xbox presentation um is they had a lot of like indies that they were showing off all of which were sort of confirmed uh to be on game pass as well you know 12 minutes looks really cool it's coming out in august um it's got the voices of willem dafoe uh the paul paul mcavoy the guy who the, the new the the new um <laughs> professor x i was like i was trying to say charles Isn't that james is it james what did i say did i say peter i felt like <laughs> it is james insert like generic game or generic name here <laughs> i can't remember i literally can't remember the name i said but i know i i know that <laughs> that's the matter i'm pretty sure it's james <laughs> it is james you're right it's james mcavoy and uh daisy ridley is the other voice actor and uh it looks really cool it's all about like playing through these 12 minutes uh and psychonauts 2 finally got a confirmed release date but the game that you and i both enjoyed a plague's tale or a plague tale is getting a sequel and it's coming to game pass next year and it's uh, a plague tale requiem 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 feels like there's an extra you in there (laughs) did i make a spelling mistake it's rec- requiem. <laughs> now I'm just going to call it a plague tale wreckum. Just, just wreck it. <laughs> uh, you can control rats in that game, so I think that's what it is, right? You control the rats. I forget how that game works. Can't even control the rats <laughs> at the end. The kid. Spoiler alert. Something like that. I think <laughs> it was a fun game. I do remember now uh, this whole this. 12 minutes trailer where you you play through the same loop over and over right yes 
Yeah. It looks like a lot of fun. And again, it's a perfect game for Game Pass because could you imagine recommending a game? It's like, yeah, you play the same 12 minutes over and over again. It's a it's a top-down perspective. Um, you play as, uh, you control a guy voiced by uh, James McAvoy. I, I feel like I'm pronouncing his last name wrong. But it's the guy who was, um, <laughs> you know, in the in the bad X-Men's, right? So yeah, I liked those X-Men's. <laughs> eh, most of them were bad, right? Weren't they? No, they weren't. You're bad. I thought the Apocalypse <laughs> one was terrible. I, I, I had not seen oh, it. Okay, well, yeah, that one was terrible. And then the, the one, one after that, the Game of Thrones was, chick. was the, the Phoenix, Rise of the Phoenix. Yeah, the Phoenix one was not So great. half of okay. them were bad is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, days of future pass were good, though. Oh, the first two were amazing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. First yeah. class. All right, there we go. Okay. Yeah, we, we yeah first class. Yeah. yeah. All right, all right. What we're, are we talking about? Xbox? Same. All right. <laughs> Somehow we got all the way over to X-Men movies. Oh, man. This is going to be a long episode if we can't get through the titles that we're in. 12 minutes looks really cool. Uh, yeah, 12 minutes does look really cool. Um, I, I'm remembering it now, and, and it's I'm looking forward to playing it on Game Pass. And then there was one other announcement from Xbox that you didn't actually put in your comments. And I'm really sad about it because I'm freaking stoked. And I mean, I know it's one of those games where uh, it's, you know, that we get these games as a service and we play them forever. And I talk about them a billion times, but I'm going to do it again because Sea of Thieves is getting a Pirates of the Caribbean, like official expansion. That's free, Ryan. Mm-hmm. It's free on Game Pass. And not just on Game Pass, because, you know, not everybody plays Sea of Thieves on Game Pass. Some of us bought it before Game Pass was a thing. And so, and obviously it's available over on Steam now as well, but it's just free. And not only is it just free, it comes out in a week, June 22nd. We're going to be playing Pirates of the Caribbean, full on Pirates of the Caribbean. Although it doesn't have... So, okay, in the trailer, it sounds exactly like Johnny Depp, but it's not Johnny Depp. The only voice actor who actually returned is the guy that plays Gibbs, like the the old, like, Jack's best friend guy. Oh. He's the only actual actor from the movie. But you cannot tell. Like, that voice actor, I could have sworn up and down that it was Johnny Depp. When they played the trailer. So, I mean, they've done a really good job of recreating these characters within the world of Sea of Thieves. And it's a lot of content. Like, they basically made, from the sounds of it, like, a whole entire, like, storyline that you can play through. And it's, like, it's not, like, it's it's unique. It's not, like, the the movies being put into Sea of Thieves or anything like that. It, it is this whole new, like, using the characters and the lore of Pirates of the Caribbean, but then, like, how it crosses over between, like, that world that Disney created and the world of Sea of Thieves that Rare created and finding, like, the the ferryman or like the um like the basically pirate afterlife as like the crossover point between those two universes and how they like come together and stuff. So it sounds like they've done some really interesting things and they've apparently been working on this for over two years now um, of bringing uh, Pirates of the Caribbean into Sea of Thieves. So, I mean, this crossover is absolutely huge. There's going to be so much content. It's going to be so fun to play. Like, I can't wait. And I and I could not believe, like, talking about 
setting expectations from like announcement to release date. I mean, that literally like 10 days was there, you know, like, hey, guess what? We're doing our presentation on the 12th and it's available on the 22nd. Like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I did not include it in my list because I, I figured you would uh, you would bring it up because Pirates of the Caribbean slash Sea of Thieves. And, you know, it feels like one of those things where if you're going to do a pirate game, um, the most recent example of, of pirates breaking through and becoming a huge pop culture hit is Pirates of the Caribbean. So um, it makes sense for them to do that. And the fact that they they got the license from Disney, even though Pirates, I think, is I think Pirates of the Caribbean's been sort of off for the last few years. Um, I think they're trying to make another one. Yeah, I think I think they do have plans to make more pirates movies, but um from what I understand, Disney actually approached Rare because they they were thinking basically they were thinking about making a Pirates of the Caribbean game and then they were like, "Why would we make a pirate game when the best pirate game already exists? Hmm. Let's just see if Rare's interested in working with us and bringing Pirates of the Caribbean to their existing game." And they were like, "Uh, hell yeah." <laughs> so, it was like this whole like match made in heaven sort of a of a story so again like this is what's making me think like we don't know exactly what all the content's going to be and i'm sure we're going to get some more details in the coming days but um what's really interesting is just like watching the trailer and seeing all of the different locations and enemies and and kind of what looks like cinematics it's just like man oh man like there's there's a lot of content there so i'm really excited about it and again uh we get to play it on the 22nd so i'll probably be talking about it not next week but the week after so yeah you guys can look forward to more sea of thieves conversation from joss deal with it <laughs> i'm fine with that uh and <laughs> good 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 if you guys do like how much i sit around and talk about sea of thieves and you know eso and all of the other things that i play over and over and over again head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in to support the show and hear about all of those fun experiences. Again, that's patreon.com slash the gamers in to support the show. We're currently looking for our next featured patron. So if you would like your name here again, that is patreon.com slash the gamers in. So we also had, I mean, we kind of went from at least again, this is from Twitter impressions and the general buzz around the show. I would say we are kind of transitioning from what was kind of the high point of E3 to a lower point of E3. Uh, people did not seem to love Square Unix. They were just not on board with what was announced this year. And it was really too bad because I thought the Gardens, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy trailer looked really good, but everyone seems to be very angry that there's no multiplayer and that this is a what? single player game. Oh my yeah, gosh. Uh, the internet was enraged, Ryan. The internet <laughs> is never happy. Inter internet, listen to me. It, life is just so much better when you choose to be happy every once in a while. And <laughs> I think in this case, like you got your Marvel multiplayer game. That was Avengers. And we can talk about that in a little bit. And you were upset about that. Rightfully so. There's a lot of problems with that game. I think... When you look at Guardians of the Galaxy, and for the record, I was excited by it too. Um, I like this trailer. I think the game looks great. It's coming out in October, right around the corner. And it's a little perplexing. Like you have a team of four and you're only controlling Star-Lord, but you, you do have some direct control over some of your other teammates. But yeah, I get it. Like, yeah, oh. it did, I, like in the trailer, it did kind of feature him um, almost like giving commands. Like yeah. throw, like 
Drax, throw a rocket over there and, you <laughs> know, whatever. Great. Like, yeah, there, it does seem like you're able to to issue commands. Kind of like Mass Effect-y, right? Like, you've got your your main character that you control, but you can tell your squad mates what to do. Yeah, exactly. And I think that makes sense in the context of the team because... Star-Lord is the leader both in the comics and, and the MCU. And I mean, obviously, there's a dynamic where, uh, you know, uh, your teammates won't listen to you when it's when it when it works for comedic effect or or whatever. Um, but really, you're still a team. But you, and you, when it matters, you're you're sort of following Star-Lord's lead. And um, in in the game trailer, it felt like they kind of they nailed the tone of the Guardians. I don't read I have not read the comics, but from the from the movie and the movie being very close to the comics, I think they nailed the tone, but they also set this, like, this is our own, you know, this is our Square Enix video game guardians of the galaxies. This is not based on, it's obviously based on the comics, but it's not the comic universe. It's not the movie universe. And unlike Avengers, I think they, they kind of nailed it in a sense of like, this is our own take on guardians of the galaxy. It didn't feel as um, sort of, off-putting as the Avengers game did, where it's like, yeah, they clearly just tried to make a, a like a not get sued by Chris Evans Captain America, you know. <laughs> and uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, I think they they kind of they created more comic, uh, you know, comic related characters, but still nailed that tone. And I don't see it. And I'm like, oh, I kind of wish that was just Chris Pratt. Like, I'm kind of happy that they went with a more comic sort of related uh star lord um so that uncanny valley of like it kind of looks like the movies but it isn't um yeah i think uncanny valley is a really good word for it because i did find it a little bit off-putting that it wasn't and i think it's just because we've seen like i mean far cry 6 like those actors look like they're like IRL counterparts, right? Like all of the mocap that they did on the face and everything else. Like, I mean, those look like perfect re- like reconstructions of those familiar actors that we're, we are now like seeing in our video games, right? And so the fact that like we know the technology is there and it, they didn't use it. So it wasn't the Star-Lord I'm used to, I guess, or because again, I am not a comic reader, so I am not familiar with like any of the, um, I guess, drawings or I'm not familiar with the character prior to the movies. So, I mean, I just kind of was like expecting it to be Chris Pratt to the point that I was like, wait, is that the same character? Like, <laughs> is that supposed to be him? <laughs> like, and not to say that it's bad at all, but it just it is a little bit uncanny valley because it's like my brain wants to see Chris Pratt, but it's not. And it's having trouble like smooshing those two ideas together. It's fine when he's in the armor. He's got like the helmet on and stuff. I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, now there we go. That's fine. But yeah, there's something weird about his face and it's not his fault. His face no. just isn't Chris Pratt. Yeah, <laughs> I think I I can see both sides of it, but I think it was just better handled than I think. It it, was I Avengers. think this was a better choice. It was yeah. just because like I, I was just expecting the Chris Pratt recreation and he never showed up. <laughs> so that, that was all like, it's, it's, I think it's a good artistic choice to take that route instead of trying to like reproduce um, the actors because you never know if an actor is even going to stick with a franchise. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I think it's better to be uh actor agnostic. 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, I do. Yeah. You, distance yourself you from, just from have... one specific person's uh, appearance. Exactly. You want to have um, sort of your own creative vision so that you can kind of create. You want to stand alone. Obviously, yeah. this video game is going to benefit from what the MCU has done with Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously, because that, you know, you're, but it, 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 it's, it's close enough that you are experiencing the Guardians of the Galaxy, you, you know, and love from the movies and the comics, but you're getting to do it in, in an interactive way. And um, I think the gameplay kind of suits, I'm, I'm, I'm fine that it's a single player game. I think that that's great. Like, one of the biggest complaints that Avengers had was that it is a it's a fun campaign, but there's all this other stuff bolted onto the side of it that really weighs it down. And the fact that Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy is going to be this narrative choice driven game where you're given an option to have tell Drax to throw a rocket across a chasm and the interactions that was such a perfect sort of first impression sort of a showcase for the game where you're getting to see the choices, but you're getting to see a really funny back and forth between these characters in the video game to kind of sell you on like, okay, I think they've kind of, they've nailed the humor that we're looking for in a Guardians of the Galaxy sort of experience. Um, but the the gunplay looked pretty cool as well. It looked a little rough in terms of like, they still got some time to sort of pull it together. There were some frame rate issues and when the combat got mm. a little heavy, but uh, I still really like what I saw in terms of your control of Star Lord and sort of your dodging and shooting and uh, you know jetpacking around, so uh, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm so glad it's coming out in October. Talk about like a a really fun surprise to like not even know what this yeah. game is and suddenly know like oh I'll be able to play it in like two months or three months. Yeah time agreed <laughs> uh so there was another offering from the marvel universe as well there's a there's another avengers war for wakanda yeah so this is an expansion uh free content that's being added to avengers it's going to uh add black panther as a playable hero and a new villain which is claw and a whole new area which is wakanda so this is going to be the biggest sort of um well the reason they're calling it an expansion is the biggest piece of content that they're adding to the game since launch and uh it just it's a trailer it makes it look really cool um it'll be interesting to see uh if this trailer kind of falls in line with the way um mmos sometimes advertise their content where it's like this looks really cool but it's not at all the gameplay it's more just like a feeling of what the story is going to offer um you can kind of tell when an mmo launches new content it's like okay that's cinematic that's gameplay and it gives you a better impression of what you're what you're going to get with this trailer it was very hard to tell like it really felt like that was more story content as opposed to like gameplay um because it felt like really presented in a way that was uh i don't know if we're gonna get to play through this stuff but I'm excited. I think it's a great addition. Like that game needs more content. Um, when you follow up launch with two Hawkeyes and then not really deliver on like sort of, I don't know, even the like the Hawkeyes are fun. Don't get me wrong. But like you didn't <laughs> add anything else. You just gave us two Hawkeyes and a little bit of story that kind of pushes pushes the, the storyline a little further down the road. I think this is their first opportunity to be like, no, this is the reason we made it a service game and we're giving you free content because we really have a story we want to tell. And I think this is going to be the first time we get more than a couple hours added. This is probably going to be a more substantial. 
is this update going to be enough to to pull you back in? Like, are you going to give this a shot? Are you even going? Because like you say, it's a service game. I did not play it. I have no idea like what end game is like. Are you going to be able to jump straight into this content or are you going to have to go in and grind a whole bunch before it comes out? Uh, and this is this is a great question because this is the great thing that I've experienced with Avengers so far is that, yes, it is a service game. There is like that Destiny sort of style of, of gameplay, like, you know, kill 5,000 of these and come back to me in the morning type thing, type quests. Um, you don't need to do those. Like, you can just do the campaign, do the story, you can finish the story, and then walk away. And when they added the Hawkeyes... I was able to just jump in, do the new story content and jump out 100% it, get the campaign. That's good. And I really think they're going to offer the same thing with uh with War for Wakanda because it really it doesn't it doesn't do them it doesn't do them any benefit to lock people from new content, especially when it's free, yeah. right? Cuz I'm going to come back to play it and I might it might keep me around for a little bit afterwards where I start to like dip my toes into like the Destiny sort of mmo treadmill content um but i i think like they've never really gated new content in a way where you have to grind out you're gonna need heroes at a specific level for sure but that level isn't something you can't hit by just playing the rest of the story content um and they've been really good to not lock that stuff behind a bunch of redundant quests right so yeah, yeah hopefully they stick with that well ryan are you ready to get it together? Yeah, yes. I, I feel like I've got it pretty good. Is is anyone? <laughs> I've got it together. Because I've got to say, that uh, WarioWare Get It Together trailer, what the fuck was that? <laughs> are you are you not familiar with the good work that Wario's put together in the past? No, I am not. And oh. so, okay, I watched this trailer that came out of Nintendo Direct, and I was just like, the hell is this game? Like, <laughs> what is going on? And why is Wario picking his nose? And what is happening right now? <laughs> right. So Mario's got mini games. Um, M- Wario has micro games. And essentially what okay. WarioWare is, is it's a collection of of micro games, uh, six second sort of snippets of, of little games. And yes, some of them are picking noses. Um, and that and is a dodging poop, <laughs> dodging poop. Yes. It's a running theme, a lot of bodily fluids. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's is it just cause he's the bad guy and that's what they figure bad guys are associated with. He's like, also gross. Being rude yeah, <laughs> and gross. Yeah, he's like... gross. He likes money. So the reason he gets into making games is because he wants to make a bunch of money. And that's like sort of the idea behind WarriorWare is like he started his own video game company because he saw how much money he could make. And uh, this is a little plot for one of the games. I'm not I'm not even just making this stuff up. It's uh, it's canon. <laughs> this is literally okay, okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we haven't had a warrior way a warrior wear game in quite a while. Probably the DS slash Wii era would have been the last the last true outing. And uh, this is a return to form for Warrior Wear where um, we are gonna get to play it on the Switch. And it looks like a traditional Warrior Wear game, which is a lot of fun. Uh, especially playing with other people in the same room. It's a good party game because like you can kind of pass, you know, you know, the controller back and forth and, and it's like, oh, it's your turn to do a micro game and it's and now it's my turn. And it's it's just it's a lot of variety all at once. 
And um, yeah, of course, like once you go through all the micro games, it kind of gets a little stale, but uh, it is, it's still like, it's different. It's a new experience. Like it's not very often you get to pick Wario's nose. So <laughs> well, at least you're excited about it. <laughs> I'm, oh, I love that you're calling it already. <laughs> no, I'm cautiously like, there. like, here's the thing, you know, I thought Nintendo uh, had a really good showcase of of what they have coming over the next um six months and and a little bit beyond there but um a lot of these games are not ones i'm gonna buy day one like warrior wear is one i'll keep an eye on it's a game that i i really appreciate that they're making another one of but it's not something i'm gonna rush out and get um but the biggest surprise for me like when it came to nintendo was the fact that they're gonna have a new metroid game and this was totally out of left field like i figured when they talked about oh we don't have anything to share on metroid prime 4 because we literally just started working on it and i thought that was going to be it and then they say but we have another adventure for you and the fact that they announced metroid dread which is the first new entry in a 2d in the 2d uh series of the games in like 20 years this game has been actually in development for those 20 years it was it, it was supposed to exist back in like 2000 early 2000s and then it got scrapped and redone there's a great development video that they actually put out after the direct kind of talking about this game and and building it and and scrapping it and then trying it again and scrapping it again it's actually been started three times and they finally found the right partner in in mercury stream to 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 build this metroid dread game and it's coming out in October, which is great. There's also like some really expensive Amiibos and collector's editions that I may or may not have pre-ordered. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you sound so disappointed in yourself. Like I don't even need to do it anymore. You're just like, <laughs> yeah. Well, see, this is why I'm downplaying <laughs> the fact that WarioWare and some other games that got announced, like yeah they're not really things I'm going to buy day one because I've basically bought enough Metroid dread stuff to buy it three times over. And, uh, <laughs> it's, I'm just so excited that we're getting another, I love that Samus returns uh, game that Mercury stream did, um, on the three DS and I love Metroid games and we just don't get enough of them. So the fact that we're getting like when they announced like Metroid five, it's like, wow, it took so long to make Metroid prime four. They're just skipping four and going straight to five. But they really do <laughs> see them as separate, which is kind of... I never realized that before. I thought it was all just one big, happy Metroid family, but they really see the 2D and the 3D series as, as separate. And um, the fact that we're getting a sequel to Metroid Fusion is really cool because I remember playing that in the GBA and thinking, like, they can't just stop now. Like, they got to keep going. And um, now, gosh, like 15 years later, we're finally getting a follow-up and it looks really it's it's it looks really cool i i can't wait to play it um there's like this um you know mr x is big ever since resident evil 2 got that remake so now in metroid uh, dread you're being chased by these like robots these like super powerful robots and if they catch you they kill you in one shot um in this new metroid game so they've added that element to it but they've really like ramped up the exploration and the traversal so now you can do like a slide move and they brought the counter over from from samus return so it just it looks like a really fun side-scrolling action game with great exploration i love like completing the map and like finding all the 
you know, the missile expansions and stuff. So like, I can't wait to play this on Switch. I, I'm happy to to tell Nintendo to make more Metroid games by buying their uh, their amiibos and stuff. <laughs> so no problem <laughs> there. Uh, but that is not that is exactly why I won't be able, be able to pick up WarriorWare because I put all my Nintendo money in. You're in the already invested. Basket in something else heavily invested in something else <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um i was excited about advance wars one and two i don't know if you've played those games they were on the they were on the ds i think or were they gba i can't i think they were gba as well <laughs> it's a big gba outing honestly for nintendo with uh warrior metroid and advance wars but uh yeah, they're basically bundling and remaking the first two games that came out on GBA, and uh, then I found out it was an eighty dollars game, and I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do that. Seems expensive for what what it is, but uh, it's hard to tell from a two minute trailer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't Absolutely. know. It it is tough. Um, but I mean, obviously, when it comes to Nintendo, there's lots of stuff that they showcased. I'm curious, is there anything that stood out to you as uh, of interest outside of Wario picking his nose? Well, I mean, like, we ha- we have to talk about it, right? I mean, we could just end the show if you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so uh, it looks like we're getting Skyward Sword again. Uh, and <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, no, we I'm are literally kidding. getting Skyward it's, Sword again in July. I thought, like, we are getting Skyward Sword. Yes, Sky- yeah, I, I but, thought the uh, same thing, honestly, when I saw the trailer. So, yeah. Did you? Okay. I thought I was just being no. a snarky bitch. No, no, no. You're not. Uh, okay, uh, so. I was also. I, I, I saw that. And so, okay. We're obviously talking about Breath of the Wild, too. They call it the sequel they to are. Breath of the Wild because uh, they have yeah. a name, but they're not telling us what it is because it would give too much away. I mean, God forbid we'd know more about this game with it coming out next year, possibly, maybe. Yeah, which is kind of crazy because, like, they're going to have to tell us the name eventually, right? It's not like they're just going to be able to sell it day one as Breath of the Wild 2. And then, like, two weeks later, they'll be like, now that you've all played it, here's the actual name of the game. And then someone's like, ah, spoilers, why? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, here's the box art. You got to print it out yourself. This is the weirdest. Yeah, this is the weirdest like marketing scheme ever but you know whatever it's Nintendo. breath of the wild 2 it's nintendo it's coming out in 2022 which makes me excited if horizon can stick to its release window and we actually get it in 2021 that means it's not going to be directly competing with breath of the wild 2 we might even see it get pushed because they said 2022 they didn't say like early 2022 so i mean breath of the wild could be holiday we don't really know um but i'm just i'm really hoping it seems like they're kind of aiming for different windows this time and that makes me excited because everyone should play horizon and i don't want to see these two games compete um I hope they've learned some lessons. We haven't really seen too much yet of Breath of the Wild 2, so it's hard to say if the things that I really didn't like about Breath of the Wild are going to make a reappearance in Breath of the Wild 2 or if some of those systems might have been changed. But one thing that we did see that I was alluding to a little bit earlier with my snarky uh, Skyward Sword comment is very much that there is a lot of this trailer that takes place in the sky. Uh, So this seems to be like a new area to explore or um, discover. I I don't know. I don't know how we're going to get up there. But there are definitely floating islands (laughs) that we are falling onto. (laughs) Yeah. From where, though? Like, this is the thing. From I don't know from where, Ryan. I don't know from where. (laughs) I'm glad we're both confused. Big birds are going to drop us, maybe. (laughs) Uh, And and again, I fully expected there to be this big bird. We do have the... 
uh, one of the one of the champions, right? The the really big jerk guy that I didn't like oh, yeah. spending time with. He He's a big bird. bird. <laughs> he can <laughs> probably <laughs> pick us bird up people. <laughs> drop us from a high place. Um, yeah, here's, that here's, seems like a thing he would really like to do. <laughs> no, he really didn't like being around anyone. He was like the Bert of, <laughs> of The Legend of Zelda. He had that one guy he tolerated and just kind of hung out with. But uh, yeah. Um, Everybody else can go fuck themselves. <laughs> basically, he is the Bert. Um, <laughs> anyways, with Breath of the Wild 2, uh, this felt very, you know, we talked about trailers and expectations and stuff. Um, this had actual gameplay, which is a big difference it from did, its first yep. teaser, which was very much just setting up the tone. And they extend that tone, at least first off, and they kind of bookend this trailer with, with the tone that you saw in the first trailer, where you have, like, you know, Link's arm being corrupted, and it seems like he's getting, like, the, the Sheikah sort of slate powers but they're like built into his arm now I'm built into him yeah <laughs> yeah which is interesting you know you have the weird mummy that kind of looks like ganondorf sort of like writhing and screaming he doesn't look like he's having a good time uh but then you have <laughs> zelda falling down in a pit and i really hope I, I i was gonna put this out there but i was gonna i figured i'd save it for the show i really hope they aren't just like Oh, we're doing a sequel to Breath of the Wild. We need to throw Zelda in some sort of like out of the way, some sort of peril. Yeah, we need to remove her from the story and sideline her, basically. Yeah, and I'm just like, which is the vibe I got for sure. I hope, I hope that's not the case. And again, like you, you see, the only time you see her in the trailers, her falling into this chasm. It could be a dream sequence. It could be her falling into a chasm, but she's well, fine. But then, <laughs> like, I don't know. Then, I mean, they show the castle itself at the end kind of, like, rising up and very much creating a chasm underneath it. So, I mean, honestly, the, the impression that I got from the trailer was that uh, the castle is going to rise up with this zombie Ganon character and Zelda is going to be trapped like beneath it or within it or something like she's very much not going to be a character that you interact with. I don't think in the game, which is really unfortunate because I think they did some character building with her. Yeah, she's much better Breath by the, the wild. End. Yeah. And so it really sucks to see her sideline like that. If that is what they're going to do, I would much rather see her like with you on your journey. Somehow she doesn't have to be a full on playable character, but even if she's like stays at a hub sort of thing and you can go back and talk to her or like bring her artifacts that you recover and then she can be like your, Hey, I know everything <laughs> like not necessarily like your Navi fairy character, but like, she could because she's literally been brought up and educated in the world of Zelda. Like she could just be like, hey, let me explain the story and give you all the context and some clues that you need. Or like, hey, I can translate this ancient language as part of my princess teaching. Like, I don't know. There's so many possible uses you could have for her that are bigger and better than let's throw her in a pit. Yeah. <laughs> so I really hope that that's not her character arc is getting thrown in a pit and then waiting to the end to be rescued again. Uh, like, please no. That'd be so. I mean, the amount of work they went through, in, the characters went through in Breath of the Wild, and to to get a direct sequel 
to a Zelda game, not just Breath of the Wild, but any Zelda game, it, you want to see progression of characters. It's the reason you do a sequel. And I know like Nintendo yeah. said, like, oh, we had more concepts and we couldn't fit them into DLC, so we made a sequel. I get that. But we also, as as video game players, want to see our characters continue to progress. And I yeah. think the ending of Breath of the Wild set up this really cool, um, even if they didn't make a sequel, it set up this really cool like opportunity for now Link and Zelda are going to be able to continue to uh, uh, allow Hyrule to prosper with Calamity Ganon taken care of. And at the end of that game, it really proven that uh, both Zelda and Link are very capable of handling themselves uh, when yeah. peril is, is among us. And I think that this five second segment that uh, rightfully so we are, we are, yeah, we, we are might onto. be reading into this way too much, <laughs> but I think that's fine because again, like it, you see Zelda once she's falling into a pit and that's the end of, of her in this trailer. And uh, you know, I know the game is called legend of Zelda. So I, I really, I really hope Nintendo is not just casting her into, into this, into the void and then having her show up at the end, um, all powerful to take out the, the boss. I, I don't, I want to see her and Link as characters in this world saving Hyrule again. Like, cause that is yeah. what they set up at the end of Breath of the Wild. And I think Nintendo's going to go down that route. I'd be surprised because I feel like Nintendo has made some progress in, in listening to players. Like you look at, you look at Metroid Dread and you, you see like people have been asking for another 2D Metroid. We supported Samus Returns and we're getting another 2D Metroid. And I think when it comes to the Breath of the Wild, the sequel to Breath of the Wild, I hope they're listening when it comes to story and, and, uh, and, and gameplay as well. So, but mm-hmm. they, they're not really putting their best foot forward when, the only time you see Zelda is her being thrown into a yeah. into a pit. But um, aside from that, yeah, I there was some weirdness. I kind of got some Twilight Princess vibes with the music again, where Link is like reversing through a pillar. Uh, okay, that was that was the one more thing that I wanted to talk about when it came to this Breath of the Wild trailer because I very much got things are moving backwards vibes mm-hmm. from the music itself from at one point he kind of went from below a cliff face like up through it into this like puddle looking thing it looks like they're going to do something along the lines of like a water mechanic or something but it, there were many things in the trailer i think i counted 3 or 4 times where things seem to be moving backwards yeah. So I'm wondering if there's going to be like timey, wimey, manipulation-y stuff. Yeah. And I mean, you know, elements have been, a, have played a big part in Breath of the Wild. You have, you know, the yeah. stasis and so you already kind of have a, a, a portion of time manipulation. And, yeah. So yeah. I could see there being, and maybe that's how you get, you know, high up as you kind of ride the rain backwards, which kind of looked like what Link was doing. It was kind of yeah. a neat effect where he's like... <laughs> struggling through the rock but also like kind of cool with being you know climbing through it it was really (laughs) odd and yeah the fact that there a lot of people assumed with the first trailer they would expand hyrule breath of the wild underground because it was a very much like you're in a like sort of a chasm or a cave type situation but they kind of chose to go to the sky and i think it's 
obviously the first uh, thing you think of is is uh, Skyward Sword, but um, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. Like Sky, like what happened to the world of Skyloft after Skyward Sword? No one wanted to ask that question because yeah, yeah. <laughs> no yeah. one knows because no one wanted to. <laughs> exactly, and I mean when you really think about it and you see these trailers, like. Is there going to be lore reasons for suddenly there being cities floating in the sky? Or was it always up there and now we're just up there now? So and we just didn't know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's an interesting, it's interesting. And the fact that they're not, you know, held back by the Wii U hardware, they can kind of do a bit more uh, with, the, with the Switch. And I mean, this brings up a good point. Uh, what happened to the Switch Pro announcement? Because it never happened. <laughs> at all it never did happen ryan i, I don't feel think so it's bad happening. for you it's not happening i don't know there's there's a lot of people now saying like maybe we were totally way off base and all of the leaks weren't actually leaks and i'm like but there were so many leaks <laughs> i look forward to the articles for next week's show where it's like sorry yeah no the switch pro is actually going to be announced in august uh, I mean, you look <laughs> at the slate that nintendo put forward and and nothing besides breath of the wild 2 and uh, Mario plus Rabbids kind of screams the need for a Switch Pro. Um, everything else kind of felt like it it was at home on the on the Switch hardware we currently have available. So it it is odd that we got such these conf- you know these rumors that felt so con- you know convincing, yeah, convincing. <laughs> and then we don't get it. And I know like Nintendo's like, no, nah, this is going to be software only. But a lot of people, including myself, are like, yeah, like. But if they just talk about hardware though, for a minute, are you just yeah, are you just toying with us, trying to throw us off the scent? <laughs> yeah, but all in all, like I thought, Nintendo showing was really good. I I would say Xbox was stronger because they just had more, and it was all very like really high level stuff, uh, really great stuff. But Nintendo, I can never. I love Nintendo, and the fact that we got a new Metroid, no new Fire Emblem, which is disappointing. Um, but finally another look at breath of the wild too besides just anuma coming out and being like sorry i don't i don't really have anything for how about skyward sword we good with that okay you know um but yeah it's it was a good showing it was a good nintendo direct it's good to see them back and hopefully we get more from nintendo through the summer because uh i want to i want to see what kind of uh different nose picking games wario has (laughs) Well, I look forward to your coverage when it happens, Ryan. <laughs> Ooh, maybe there'll be collector's edition for that. Oh my god, can you imagine a Wario like amiibo with his finger just out from his nose with this like green snot? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh Man, maybe I should design amiibos as I missed my calling. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. This has been a long episode. Good one though. Um if I we didn't get to talk about everything. There was a lot at E3. We're going to have uh links in the show notes to uh basically roundups of of everything that we've talked about tonight. All of the vods are available too, so if you missed something over the weekend, you can go back and watch that. Uh, But that is going to do it for us. If you guys want to join in the conversation and tell us what you thought were the highlights of E3, you can head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord to do that. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at JossPlays. Ryan is Nar Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.